Hey, thanks for clicking the play button. You're listening to A Dose of Intensity. Hi, my name is Carla, and I'll be talking about leadership, human resources, women in tech, work culture, digital transformation, and anything under the sun. So stay tuned and be intensified. Welcome to another episode of A Dose of Intensity. This is your host, Carla Mumar. And this afternoon, uh, morning or evening, kung kailan man kayo nakikinig, we will be uh, zeroing in on our Filipino heritage and culture. And uh, in today's episode, we will be talking to Mr. John Ray Ramos. He is a historian, educator, and a cultural worker. He is currently a history lecturer at Ateneo de Manila University uh, and also a, a history instructor at the Institute of Formation and Religious Studies. He is a co-founder of Proyecto. So this is about conceptualizing projects, pitching ideas, and organizing events and maintaining relations with collaborators, also in charge of social media promotions. He is also a freelance writer and um, I believe he is also a co-author of two um, books, and um, we'll let him, you know, uh, talk about it further uh, throughout this uh, episode. Hi, John Ray. How are you? Hello, Carla. I'm fine. Hello to our listeners. So, again, to our listeners out there, um, you know, every month, a dose of intensity will be featuring... Um, uh, something about our Filipino heritage and culture. So, importante na talagang naiintindihan natin at alam natin ang uh, history natin and we should be proud of it. And that's why we're doing this. Um, so, John Ray, tell me more about your background and, uh, you know, also your your, your business and uh, the books that you, you've written. Okay, so I'm John Ray and I'm a, I consider myself as a public historian and into cultural work and cultural policies. So I've been with Proyecto for several years now and my business partner there is architect Cesar Ramirez. So we started with it as an advocacy wherein we are trying to promote um, the knowledge and awareness of Philippine heritage, particularly both tangible and intangible, as well as the knowledge of Philippine history to the general public. So uh, because one of the common problems that we see is a lack of appreciation or even the lack of realization about our rich culture, heritage, and even our history. So we believe that our identity, our history, our heritage, our culture form our our, our identity, which holds key to our future. So it's similar to what Rizal said, that uh, to foretell the destiny of a nation, it is necessary to open the book that tells of its past. So basically, we've been uh, doing talks in partnership with Gateway Gallery. And even in this month, we have, uh, or during the quarantine period, we have free webinars with, uh, in partnership with Gateway Gallery. And you can check our merchandise in Proyecto PH in Facebook and Instagram. 
Yeah, that's good to hear. No, that's a great initiative. And uh, I do resonate with, uh, you know, just about people not really uh, seeing, you know, um, uh, our, our heritage. And and, and, and I, I did check also your, your website for Proyecto. And uh, the, the things that you created, it's it's really beautiful, you know, pieces. And it's Thank a great you. way to to really people to start appreciating, you know, um, our, our culture and our heritage um, in different mm-hmm. ways. Um, so, John Ray, so back at, uh, how did you start getting into history, like Philippine history? What sparked your interest? Because you're an author, mm-hmm. your, your business revolves around Philippine history, and you're also, you know, a, a, a lecturer, a professor. Yes. Okay, actually, my interest with history started when I was young, when my parents bought me or bought us, uh, me and my younger sister, they bought a set of encyclopedia, uh, visual encyclopedias, and some with different topics. So there's biology, there's natural disasters, and then there's a an encyclopedia of great civilizations, quote-unquote great civilization. So I think that is when I started to like the the field or the subject of history because um okay, I was my my imagination was picked by the illustrations of pyramids of the Roman Empire etc and then when I was in the higher years of my elementary and uh, high school education my favorite subject was uh Hekasi. So, or yung araling panlipunan ngayon. So, eventually, I decided in college or for college to take my course in history kasi yun naman yung gusto ko and my parents were supportive naman of uh, of my interest. So, there. I That's how I got into proper historical education and later on in in my professional life, I decided to teach history. And right now, I'm engaged with not just in teaching. So being a historian doesn't just mean that you are stuck in the classroom or in the faculty room, but rather, there are a lot of opportunities to do cultural work in in heritage sites. Also, uh, I, get to ta- I get to train basic education Araling panlipunan teachers in teaching history and so on. So there are there has been a lot of interesting activities and it's it goes beyond the classroom. There. Yeah, that, that's great to hear. So like, what from your experience, you know, when you are either in classroom or having like you know other types of uh, lectures and engagements with regard to Philippine history. What is the most common reaction of your participants or students when they learn more about Philippine history? Okay, uh, they get the realization na ang history ay hindi pala puro memorize lang because the common misconception about history is uh, kasi ano <laughs> ang usual misconception jan is one uh, it's one of the most boring subjects in school second it's full of memorizing it's just the memorization of dates people and places but yun nga it's more than that kasi history is an investigation about the past though we cannot reconstruct the past because only more cells or 
only uh, fragments of it exist in today's time, it's more of being like a detective of by discovering what happened, by discovering what was it like during back then, etc. So it's more interesting to look at history that way because that is how history should be uh, taught or learned from. It's by reconstructing the past and asking relevant and critical questions about not just about our past but also our present. Okay, our present uh, situation, our present mm-hmm. predicaments, and even our present culture, etc. There. Um, okay, so I, I remember when I was uh, like in elementary year, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were taught to memorize uh, things, like, and I think in general, ako, I, I, I'd like to believe that I was interested in history until it was. Uh, structured in a way that, oh, it's just a right or wrong answer. You have to memorize these dates. You have to memorize mm-hmm. these leaders who are all the presidents. And uh, it didn't help me understand the story of why we exist. It was just all like information that were thrown at us that, hey, okay, just memorize it. Because sometimes I think even some of the teachers before, uh, especially in my generation, maybe, and not all, but maybe some, were just didn't also know how to teach it. Um, They were also just looking at textbooks and just writing things on the board, giving an exam um, without teaching us students to love the heritage and the culture. I don't recall any teacher of mine uh, in in when I was younger, especially the formative you know stages, to love Filipino culture or the heritage. It was very strict and compliance type of teaching, um, and I think that's why it impacted me, you know, in a, a negative way. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Actually, uh, nga, that's the reality. Though it is useful na since when we were young, kung bata pa tayo, uh, it's important really na i-introduce yung mga concepts ng history. But uh, we cannot do the proper critical analysis yet. I believe that historical education should be like in a spiral format at patuloy siya dapat na inuulit-ulit. The current reality really is that uh, in the basic education, you will only encounter the subject of history in grade 5 and in grade 6. And then in the senior high school or even in the high school levels, ay wala ng Philippine history. And that's quite tragic kasi uh, I believe that historical education should be spiral wherein nung bata pa, kung bata pa, uh, dun mo ipapakilala yung mga personalities, mga bayani, mga presidente. Yes, useful yung facts, but the more important questions in history ay actually uh, why did events happen? How did things happen? And so what? Okay, ibig sabihin ano yung saisay or what is the relevance of these events? And I think the, the more that we mature or as children mature more, they are more able to process these 
questions about our past and about our present. So, kaya kailangan more mag-introduce ng more critical discussions. So, ang example niyan ay pag elementary, ipapakilala mo sila Rizal, sila Bonifacio, sila Mabini. Pagdating ng high school, ituturo mo kung bakit sila bayani, bakit sila, ano yung mga nagawa nila. And then pagdating mo sa college, dun mo na sila ipagko-connect-connect ano yung mga conflicts nila, ano yung mga different ideas nila, saan nagka-clash, ano yung mga contributions, saan, ano yung mga puzzle pieces na, na nilagay nila to ensure our nationhood na ine-enjoy natin today. So, ganun sa tingin ko yung dapat when it comes to historical education. Dahil, ayun, uh, things become more complex and as we mature, we can appreciate them more because we are, we mature, we become mature enough to understand the complexities na yung mga bayani natin ay mga tao lang pero kahit na tao lang sila ay naging bayani sila at malaki yung naiambag nila sa kalayaan ng ating bansa. Ayun. Yeah. I wish, I, I, I wish that uh, you were my professor um, when, when I was, you know, starting these things because Um, so, like you said, like yung why, di ba? A- ano ba nangyari sa ating, you know, sa-, sa ating bansa, like, you know, to the Philippines na? Kasi initially, when you search, you know, syempre, you know, almost everyone has access to the internet. When you search about Philippine history, usually it starts dun sa Spanish era eh. Mm-mm. So, parang, like, I-, I did like a research like a couple of weeks ago, like different you know, search terminologies about Philippine history, lagi nagsa-start siya dun sa Spanish era. So, you have to, like, so sobrang dig deeper and mm-hmm. use different keywords to at least get a glimpse of yung pre-colonial history ng Philippines, which sobrang kalat-kalat, sabog-sabog. So, prior to the Spanish occupation... What was the Philippines like? Yeah. So, yung to address muna yung problem ng kulang sa education or kulang tayo sa knowledge about that. Actually, uh, it stems from multiple factors tulad ng one. Uh, there is a misconception na wala daw tayong history before the Spanish period kasi yung mga ninunod natin ay wala daw mga sinulat na documents. And it's from the European old tradition na kung walang nasusulat na document ay wala ka daw history. Actually, mali yun. So, ang, paano natin i-research yan uh, ngayong panahon na, na modern tayo? Paano ito ni-research ng mga, mga naunang historians? And even Rizal, who did historical research, Paano nga ba siya nag-research kung ang available document sa kanya ay, ay mga sinulat na ng mga Espanyol? Dito papasok yung importance ng pag-aaral tungkol sa kultura at sa, uh, or dun sa kultura natin, sa wika natin, etc. Kasi yun yung mga sources na yung kahit mga Espanyol na yung, yung dumating at sinulat nila, dinescribe naman nila kung ano yung mga kulturang na encounter nila though it's in the European perspective in the Spaniards perspective it offers a glimpse about the past so ni research ni Rizal yung mga 
yung mga praile noong 16th century, ano yung dinescribe nila sa mga Pilipino. Nakita niya yung memoirs, for example, example ni Morga, isang Spanish official na na-publish noong 16, noong early 1600s at dinescribe naman dito yung mga ugali at yung mga paniniwala natin mga Pilipino. So, ang source natin talaga dyan ay kultura natin. Yung mga descriptions and documents na nagde-describe sa ating kultura at syempre, hindi lang naman sa Pilipinas. We are part of a uh, international, sabihin natin international network. So may mga sources about our our culture, about our our ancestors sa mga archives ng, ng mga dynasties sa China at maging yung ibang mga empire sa Southeast Asia na mayroong mga trading post sa ating archipelago. So, to fully describe yung kung ano nga ba yung mga Pilipino, we can go far as far back as around 2,000 to 4,000 year or actually more than 2,000 years ago. At yung mga ninuno natin came from what is called the Austronesian civilization or yung mm-hmm. Austronesian culture na this is best described kung pinanood nyo yung pelikula na Moana because our yeah. ancestors were seafarers and we are in an archipelagic uh, geography. So yung mga ninuno natin finds it easier or found it easier na mag-travel sa pamagitan ng dagat. So na-invento nila yung yung mga bangka na merong outrigger or yung mga katig sa gilid. Uh-huh. So yung kung ano yung design ng mga bangka sa probinsya sa kasalukuyan ay ganun or similar sa design ng mga bangka ng mga ninuno natin. Uh-huh. Yeah, designed to traverse yung mga malalawak na dagat at mas mabilis kumpara sa mga malalaking barko ng mga Kastila hundreds of years ago. So we are actually, before the coming of a Spaniards, we have a diverse, rich and rich history or um, rich culture. So diverse kasi uh, yung mga Austronesians no nagsettle sila thousands or tens of hundreds of years ago uh, nag, nag nung naging grounded na sila sa Luzon sa Visayas sa Mindanao mm-hmm. nag-evolve yung iba't ibang grupong ito to the, our different ethnic ethnic groups ethnolinguistic uh-huh. groups and even yung mga indigenous groups so yung mga Tagalog mga Bisaya Kapampangan mga mm-hmm. Yakan etc we are all from the Austronesian. So, ayun. At makikita mo yung similarity ng yeah. wika natin, bahay, balay, etc. Ayun. So, we are rich, diverse, uh, and we have our own culture na dinescribe ng mga Espanyol in their documents. Ayun. So, that's really fascinating, no, na yung sinabi mo na na Austronesian na talagang doon tayo nang galing. Tapos naging diverse na rin talaga. And do you think that also has something to do with why like Filipinos are naturally extremely adaptive? Kasi parang like from the Austronesian descent, parang nag-adapt tayo to the different things and then uh, whether it's through the environment or Uh, you know the people you know um, who started building the Filipino um, uh, groups and in, in, in our country. Um, do you think may correlation yun don? How we're extremely adaptive 
Kasi I like, I yes. think, parang, if I look at even other nationalities, Mm-mm. parang iba yung level ng pagiging adaptive ng mga Pinoy eh. eh mas matindi pa tayo sa chameleon eh. So, sometimes nga feeling ko, maybe that's why we get lost in terms of what is our identity as, you know, a nation or yung culture natin. Kasi ang galing natin ma-immerse o mag-adapt sa lahat, you know, uh, everything around us. So, may correlation kaya yon Okay. Somewhat may correlation yung adaptability natin sa lahat ng hirap na pinagdaanan natin sa kasaysayan natin. Yung pag-adapt natin sa iba't ibang mga kultura ay siguro ay epekto ng ng pag-survive natin sa multiple na mga kolonisador. But hindi naman yun yung main point natin for ano for our resilience or for our adaptability. But If we go back sa ating mga sa ating mga ninuno before the coming of the colonizers, uh, makikita natin na yung mga mga sinaunang Pilipino, uh, even yung mga mga cultures na mga Austronesians na or yung mga yung mga descendant cultures na mga Austronesians na common sa Southeast Asia, sa Oceania, sa Polynesia, etc. Uh, we are highly adaptable because our environment is quite challenging. So, ang isang definition actually ng culture is the product of man's uh, resistance to the challenges or to his or her environment. So, ang kultura natin is actually a product of our response doon sa challenges ng environment natin. So, uh, ano ba yung environment or yung climate na meron tayo? We are a tropical... Uh, we have a tropical climate and environment. So, yung original architecture natin, yung design ng mga bahay natin, bakit light materials yung bahay kubo at even yung evolution niya na bahay na bato na pagdating ng mga Kastila, uh, gawa ito sa mostly light na mga materials at flexible yung mga foundations kasi ang meron tayo sa Philippines is one, um, madalas sa yung bagyuhin yung mga yung rainy season natin ay talagang rainy sabi nga ang joke namin diyan ay merong tatlong klasing weather sa Philippines so yung mainit tapos merong maulan tapos meron tayong season na mas maulan so uh, yung mga challenges na yan is kailangan tayo mag-adapt diyan one so and second uh, bakit flexible yung mga yung mga foundations sa mga bahay natin because we are in the Pacific Ring of Fire. So, ibig sabihin, we experienced uh, strong earthquakes. So, even yung mga ninuno natin, though hindi nila alam na earthquake yon, sinasabi nila na may gumagalaw na halimaw or may, may Diyos na... Nagagalit. Na, nagagalit. Ayun. So, kailangan nilang i-address yon sa kultura, sa pamagitan ng vernacular architecture natin which is yung bahay kubo at doon sa mga taga-Batanes yung, yung mga bahay nila nagawa sa bato ay dahil yung primary challenge nila ay yung madalas na bagyo na dumarating. So, yung... And also, uh, ano ba yung pagkain natin? Ibig sabihin, ano yung basic staple ng mga Pilipino? Ano? Sige, kanin. Carla, ano? Kanin. Kanin. Yan. Rice is life, di ba? Yes. Ayan, para sa ating mga Pilipino. So, ang reflection niyan ay yung kultura natin, it's 
it reflects kung ano yung mga important or yung wika natin, it reflects actually kung ano yung mga important sa atin. So, we have, for example, numerous terms for rice. So, sa English, rice lang yan. Pero ano yung meron tayo? Meron tayong kanin, palay, sinaing, uh, meron tayong puto bongbong, puto, ayan, etc. Mabuto na kapag-lunch na <laughs> tayo or kung na-dinner na. So, Um, merong ayun, may sinandoming, merong milagrosa, etc. Marami tayong terms for rice kasi ito yung mga ba- ito yung isang bagay na mahalaga sa ating culture. So, our culture evolve based on the based on the challenges that we have in the environment and also based on the blessings that we receive from mm-hmm. our environment. Ayan. So, yung culture natin is actually a response to that challenging climate and environment that we have here in our in our archipelago. Okay, That's a great way of uh, defining culture. That's the first time I've heard anyone explain it in that way. That makes more sense. Um, you know, so, so for our listeners out there, you know, I hope you're also enlightened with uh, what John Ray explained about culture. Um, and You know, I'm just really amazed with uh, all the points that you've mentioned about uh, where we came from and how we've adapted and how we started to really mold our culture based on how we adapt to our surroundings. Um, and nasabi mo pa si Moana, oh my gosh. Iniisip ko palagi if magiging Disney movie ang Filipino, ano kaya ito, di ba? So, um, uh, and... Like in terms of like yung leadership back in the day, um, I, I read somewhere about na there was a strong movement of women uh, women leaders back in like pre-colonial times. Uh, yes. How true is that? Ayan. So sa mga Austronesian cultures actually, and even sa mga Polynesian culture, ang inherent na karakteristik niya or isa sa mga karakteristics niya ay tinatawag na matrifocal na kultura. So anong ibig sabihin ng matrifocal? Hindi naman ibig sabihin na matriarchal na ang babae ang namumuno sa or yung mayroong uh, yung nagahari sa buong bayan. Matrifocal ibig sabihin um, there is an important uh, there is or women, sabihin natin, ang kababaihan ay mayroong place of importance sa sa lipunan. So, umiikot ang lipunan sa 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 role ng kababaihan which is predominantly during the hour during our um during our or during the time ng ating mga ninuno, ang kababaihan ang nagbibigay ay are the one, syempre, kayo lang yung may kayang mag-bear ng child, for mm. example. So, uh, mahalaga. So, the concepts are about um, about his, about our culture being matrifocal, ay eh, makikita pa rin natin in the present time. So, so, for example, ang number one na paggalit ka sa isang tao, hindi mo mumurahin yung tao using yung terms na siya. So actually you're using a term that denotes yung mother, di ba? Yung ina. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yan. So, yung analysis, yung yung liter- yung linguistic analysis diyan, it reflects na dahil yung object ng curse word mo ay yung nanay, yung ina. Uh, so, makikita mo doon na ano, it is meant to really trigger you and it shows you paggalit ka sa isang tao, ang ang sisiraan mo ay yung nanay niya. Ayun, kasi women are are very important for the families. Okay. So also sa sinaunang bayan, there are rules sa bawat mga barangay. So our our society back then were divided or was create was composed of multiple barangays na kumbaga mga mga na mayroong pinamumunuan ng dato. Mm-mm. There is a woman who is a person of authority sa mga barangay at ang tawag dito ay yung mga babaylan. Okay. Ayan. So yung mga babaylan, sila yung mga mga religious leaders of the of the barangay and all uh, yung dato ay bago siya mag-decide about harvest, about planting crops or even attacking an enemy barangay always consults the babaylan kasi yung babaylan is considered to be the channel between yung mundo ng mga buhay at yung at sa mga mundo ng mga dios mga spirito mga lamang lupa etc at siya yung nakakapaggamot nakakapag uh, nagbibigay at midwife ng barangay and also the babaylan is the repository of memory of a community dahil sila yung nakakaalam at nakaka-memorize nung ng mga epics at maging yung mga mga chants na that tells the story of their community. So the role is basically a healer, religious leader and even the historian of the of the community. So the babaylan, ang mga nagiging babaylan lang ay mga babae. And some, there are also some cases na kung lalaki ka actually Uh, pwede kang maging babaylan but you will assume the the gender of a woman okay at walang issues sa mga ninuno natin yon even if uh, LGBT ka at that time Uh-oh. okay another important point rito if you are interested in learning about the the matrifocality of our culture you can watch the documentary walang rape sa bontok okay, okay na na yung ano bakit ine-explore yung bakit sa mga igorot yung pagiging topless ng isang woman there is nothing sexual about it there is nothing obscene or bastos about it so ano pinap and yung forcing a woman to in bed is actually a very grave crime and very unthinkable sa mga sa mga taga-Benguet because uh, the woman, uh, the childbearing capabilities of a woman is very important. And ito yung isa sa pinapahalagahan ng mga, ng mga taga doon. And also, the common practice na pag ang isang lalaki ay kinasal, uh, the lalaki will become closer doon sa family ng babae. Ayan. So these are just signs of yung women, yung culture natin still has its matrifocal characteristics. Yeah. Ayun. And and it's it's showing na there's equality, di ba? Um, yes. Men and women. 
na both are have uh, specific roles in the communities. Yes. Um, and they both complement each other, right? Yes. There's no conflict talaga about oh. gender. Ayan. I wish it was like that again, no? <laughs> Alam niya. Na-introduce yung, ano eh, na-introduce yung patriarchy ng, ano eh, na-enforce at na-institutionalize ng Spanish colonial period. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, I also read about na, kasi you mentioned the Babaylands, they're also mm-hmm. yung parang, they take care of yung history. Diba? Yes. Um, kasi like, syempre back in the day, it's really through stories and songs. Um, uh, totoo ba na parang ni-wipe out yon during the, when the, um, like the Spanish... Spaniards came. are right. Yeah. Actually, yes. There are accounts talaga na, ano eh, kaila, sinavert ng mga Kastila yung, yung spiritual authority ng mga babaylan by ano in the process of converting our ancestors yung nung natutunan ng mga Kastila yung mga yung mga yung wika natin yung kultura natin uh, and ayun nagkaroon na ng ng subversion sa leadership ng mga babaylan by branding them as aswang mga mangkukulam etc and also ayun so yung mga babaylan they were sila na yung ano in some popular culture which is very unfair na sila yung ginagawang kontrabida mga mangkukulam at yeah. mga ano and also yung mga there are accounts sa sa mga Kastila na yung relics of our mga spiritual or religious relics ng ating mga ninuno were were collected and eventually burned. Ayun. So may mga accounts na ganun. Sinunog. Grabe. So th- these um, accounts like uh, like right now in our country saan yung pinakamadaming uh, you know repository of information about pre-colonial history in our country? Sino may pinakamaraming ano, information? Pinakamaraming, ano, syempre, hindi mawawala yung, yung National Museum. Number one, or ang top sa ating list dyan ay ang National Museum of the Philippines na unfortunately ay bawal pa ang visita. <laughs> Quarantine. So, for those who are interested to learn about our history at makita yung actual relics from our ancestors, you can, uh, in the future, you can visit the National Museum of Anthropology in Manila. Uh, also, you can, once it's open na, uh, the Ayala Museum has yung gold collection ng ating mga, ng ating mga ninuno. Mm-hmm. So, isa yun sa mga dinescribe ng mga Kastila that our ancestors or oftentimes wear ano trinkets or accessories of gold kasi very common or mayaman sa ginto yung mga ancestors natin and also you can also check yung mga regional museums that we have both operated by the by educational institutions by local or provincial governments and even the national museum has provincial museums and they all show and most of them show yung mga yung mga artifacts from our from our ancestors before the coming up of the Spaniards. Yeah. 
if there is like um like for you as you know someone who studies talaga the the history of the Philippines anong part yung pinaka parang favorite mo Ako, personally, kung yeah. may part na pag-aaralan. Well, actually, marami akong parts na favorite eh. But, um, the most interesting that I found was during the 19th century Philippines. Particularly yung formation na ng ating bansa. Kasi yung idea natin of nation, uh, kahit na diverse tayo, Uh, we share the same uh, colonial experience. So even yung mga later on lang makokolonize like the indigenous groups and the Moros na makokolonize tayo ng, ng mga Americans, our eventually this shared experience and even by a dictatorship, yung shared experience natin is all part of our nation building. But the foundations of our nationhood, ano ba yung mga values natin that should that we should have when it comes to our when it comes to building a nation and creating a fair society uh, it started in the 19th century from from and it can be read through the writings of our propagandists particularly Jose Rizal from the writings of our revolutionaries like um Emilio Jacinto and Andres Bonifacio and also by in when it comes to state building we should look into the into the writings of Apolinario Mabini so ayun basically sila yung mga favorite kong pag-aralan sa history at mga favorite kong ituro sa aking students so you wrote uh, like a, a few books already right about you know these different uh, Filipino leaders Diba? Yes. Can, can you share a little bit more about that as well? Okay, so uh, published published by Kahel Press. Uh, you can I wrote the two books, um, Bayani Biographies, Jose Rizal, uh, and also I co-wrote the book Bayani Biographies, Andres Bonifacio with Professor Shao Chua. The Uh, the public historian. So uh, it's basically uh, not a very thick book, not very thorough, but it's an important uh, basic primer or basic, uh, ano, it's a simple read if you really want to understand why, who our heroes Andres Bonifacio and Jose Rizal are and ano ba yung mga contributions nila sa ating nation at bakit sila kino-consider na bayani. So, uh, it's designed for everyone for for readers young and old. Okay? And it's available sa sa Shopee page ng Kahel Press. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, for the ones who wanna read it and especially, you know, these are two of the really famous bayanis, you know, in our country. Um, if you want to read about it, definitely you have to read more about our mga bayani. Um, just go. Yes. Plug ko na rin yung ano. Plug ko na rin si Gregoria de Jesus ay meron ring bayani biographies. Yung asawa ni Andres Bonifacio, but also a revolutionary and nationalist of her own. And it was written naman by my friend Natasha Quintanar. 
Wow, sige. So we'll put all the links uh, on, on the caption of this podcast so that uh, everyone can have easy access to, you know, getting those books and also for Proyecto. Um, so, like, for someone who is um, generally just interested in learning more about our history, what do you re- recommend that we do, like, especially now during quarantine, right? Um mm. Sempre aside from you know uh, purchasing the books about the Bayanis, um, what can we do? Where do we start? Parang what's to to what do we look for? Because sometimes it's really overwhelming, eh, diba? Because there's so Actually, much. Actually, hindi lamang overwhelming. Hindi eh. <laughs> <laughs> lang overwhelming, but there are also some dangerous and dubious sources Yon, in, about our history. So I'm not going deeper na lang into that, but of course there are some sectors or in our yeah. society who want to really change history mm-hmm. for political yes. gain. So, uh, what I would recommend for those who, aside from buying and reading books online, uh, right now, actually, it's a an adjustment period for the cultural sector. So, actually, yung mga webinars about Philippine culture and history ay kaliwat kanan. It's almost every almost every week ay merong webinar, free webinar on Philippine history and culture. So I would recommend uh, everyone to visit the Facebook pages and YouTube channels of Intramuros Administration, mm. Gateway Gallery, um, and even yung podcast namin on Philippine military history, which is Chronica Militar. Okay. So there are actually a lot of groups, historians, and cultural workers who are organizing uh, free webinars available for replay sa kanilang mga Facebook pages and YouTube channels. Okay, and I suggest to do that. And also, you can check YouTube for doon sa mga old segments ng aking friend na si Xiao Chua. You can Google or you can search sa YouTube, uh, Xiao Time. Okay. XIAO time. All right. I'll, I'll make sure I'll put those uh, information on on the on the caption. Um but yeah, no, kasi like uh ako personally talagang um especially with all the things happening in our country in the last couple of years, mas na, na trigger talaga ako to really understand more about our our history. And and I think like even with all the initiatives that you've mentioned na may, may mga webinars and of course there are mga other podcasts as well na parang nagkaroon ng I don't know ah, um, parang yung a lot of Filipinos started to become more interested and really wants to understand our history um, pero syempre there's still a lot of people na parang you know they, they don't really think about it so much but it's good that there's a movement of where people are, you know, a lot of Filipinos are paving the way and uh, creating this relevant and, uh, you know, fact-based and legitimate avenues to learn about our history. Yes. Yon. Um, ano yung, ano, uh, what do you call this? Yung, in terms of yung mga bayanis, sino yung pinaka-favorite mo? Oh, favorite ko yung nabanggit ko kanina sila Rizal, Bonifacio, Jacinto and um 
mabini because primarily hindi dahil sa pangunahing pakikipaglaban eh. When pag sinabi natin kasi pakikipaglaban, it's not just the actual physical battles mm-hmm. that are fought. It's also the battles fought with ideas and the ideas are encapsulated in their writing. So ang sa when it comes to polis, particularly political and uh, history of ideas yung mga bayani natin provided um, important points which are basically also turning points to our intellectual and to our intellectual and even the history of our nationhood so for example Rizal and sila Bonifacio they basically broke yung mga certain uh, misconceptions about their history. Basically, the propagandists like Rizal, they broke the one view of history na before the coming of our spa- of the Spaniards, before the coming of our colonizers, our ancestors are said to be uncivilized and we are civilized by the Spaniards. So basically, binasag nila Rizal at ng ibang mga propagandists yun. Also, sila sila Bonifacio naman ang binasag nila ay yung utang na loob natin sa Espanya. Bakit? Because when the Spaniards arrived here, they utilize yung isang important ritual sa atin to conquer us, which is yung ritual ng pakikipagsandugo. So, para sa atin, it's very important pag nakipagsandugo ka sa isang tao, ituturing mo siya na kapamilya. But for the Spaniards, they did it and they treated us like slaves basically. So Andres Bonifacio and Jacinto's writing uh, in Tagalog sinasabi nila na panahon ng bawiin natin yung pakikipagsandugo because they didn't keep their end of the bargain. So but rather let's create a new blood compact with one another so that we can help each other discover yung landas ng katwiran at kaliwanagan. Ayan. So and also Mabini he defined what are what is important and how to have a moral government. So, yung progress of our of fighting for our for our freedom, for our independence, for our democracy, it all started with uh with our heroes in the 19th century. Ayan. And there are key important turning ideas and the three heroes that I mentioned among others, okay, marami pa sila they provided these important foundations for our nation that we still are trying to improve for today. Ayun. Sana more, ano, no? Um, I wish there would be more people, you know, like you and uh, yung, yung community, you know, to uh, join, you know, uh, these initiatives um, so that our history is not just going to fade away um and because like if you look at the younger generation like I, oh, i'm really concerned like um parang how do we strengthen you know uh our, our history our, our heritage and culture with all of these young young people right so um ano yung challenge mo sa kanila sa mga kabataan today Actually, when it comes to historical education and historical content, um, the we cannot really cover and teach everything. Ayan, we cannot uh, we cannot provide or spoon feed everyone 
kasi hindi na rin naman yun yung point ng historical education. But rather, the historical thinking uh, and also historical education should focus on fostering what is called critical thinking and understanding to everyone. So the point of history as a subject really is not memorization but to teach and foster critical thinking. Especially, for example, what is historical thinking? It's basically one simple way of putting it is kung ano yung meron tayo today has its causes and has its roots in the past. Okay, the history history is created by decisions and actions of people. And it is our task as individuals to ask these important questions of how did this happen, why did this happen, and so what. And to answer that, we would need critical thinking and historical thinking to do it. And sa panahon ngayon that there are... Uh, there is an information disorder in the form of fake news and uh, false revisionist history. Uh, kailangan ay mas maging critical tayo and mas masuri tayo doon sa mga sources ng, sa, ng history and facts that we encounter online. Because most of the time, the his, these historical um, information are contained in myths or are, are contained in memes and even in YouTube videos and Facebook videos and posts, pero unfounded or kaya purely myth, hindi totoo, or merong ibang agenda. So the first line of defense that we really have is having this proper critical and historical thinking. So that, ayun, kahit ako, I'm challenging everyone na don't take my words 100%. You should be able to think for your own and determine for yourself what is what is the cause of these problems today. But also, let us consider na ano, what should be the truth and what will eventually help us in the long run. Ayun. Yeah. Kasi magulo talaga. <laughs> so, para bigyang liwanag yan, kailangan nagiging critical tayo at mapanuri sa mga sources, sa mga narratives na nae-encounter natin. Yes. Ayun. So, you know, I, I wish, like, I could go on and on and ask you so many questions because, you know, I do have a lot of questions, but of course... Um, <laughs> Gura next time na lang. <laughs> next time. And, and, and I'll read up on, you know, uh, and join also the other webinars that you also mentioned um, to me. Yes. Um, thank you so much, John Ray. The, uh, this uh, hour has been super helpful and informative uh, to me, and definitely I know for our listeners out there, um, you know they will learn so much. And I hope that uh, you guys will also be encouraged to not just read and learn, but to also think. Um, uh, you know, be critical, like what John Ray said, and. Um, nurture that historical way of thinking and critical thinking um, and for you know for parents uh, out there try to nurture that with your your children as well especially while they're young um, during the formative stages kasi um, tayo tayo lang talaga dapat ang magtutulungan to preserve our history our heritage and our culture um, we can't depend on anyone else but 
but us Filipinos. Um, so for you know all our listeners, you know every end of the episode, I tell you guys that you've been intensified. Get your updates. Follow and subscribe a dose of intensity on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. Make sure to tweet me at Carla Mamar. You've been intensified.